Imagine accepting the CIO job at Facebook right as the social media network was about to take off. Now imagine that your first task is to fix a complex calendar system that is causing headaches throughout the company. And oh, by the way, if you can't do it, you're fired. That was the scenario Tim Campos found himself in, but don't worry because, spoiler alert, he was able to figure it out. On this special two-part episode of IT Visionaries, Tim joins us to share that story and so much more, including how he leapt from Facebook to his own startup, what it means to be a CIO, the importance of integration and mentorship, and even a few stories about Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg. This is part two of Tim's interview. This podcast is sponsored by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. Salesforce just introduced the Lightning Platform Mobile, the low-code mobile app development platform that empowers anyone to easily build, publish, and manage AI-powered mobile apps for employees and for customers. Find out more at salesforce.com slash build mobile apps. So where are we going to be in five years for, you know, I know you don't, you can't read the crystal ball and say we're woven will be in five years, but where do you anticipate that people will be with how their calendar works in their daily life? I don't want to read the crystal ball. I want to make the crystal yeah, ball. No, that's a great point. <laughs> I want to give people something completely new and valuable for them. But our vision is to help people take command of their time and spend it on the things that matter most to them. And we will accomplish that when we have stitched the calendar or woven the calendar, if, to forgive the pun, with all of the things that they spend their time on. And, you know, you can imagine that if I'm in a meeting and I take pictures of the whiteboard, why is it that those pictures can't automatically just be associated with that event? I already know that I'm in the same place that the meeting is supposed to be. And I'm took these pictures at the exact same time. You know, that's a small example of how, um, you know, you can stitch time together to connect, you know, little bits of information. Or if I'm inside of my tool that I use for taking notes or action items. Again, why can't I just have that now associate with my calendar using an extensible UI that makes it easy for me to see that, you know, these notes apply to this meeting and share those with the other people that I'm meeting with. We will make the calendar smart by giving it this information so that it can start doing some work for people. Like the next time I have a board meeting, right? I can bring my previous action items into the board meeting to So I can tell my board members exactly where we are on all of those issues. I have the place now to put the board deck so that they know, you know, what it is that we're going to be talking about. When I go in to interview a new candidate, I should be able to, like, the calendar should know who this candidate is. It should automatically connect them to my LinkedIn profile so I can see how well do I know them, who else in the company has met with them. These are things that are well within the capability of technology today that, as we stitch this stuff together, we'll make the calendar a more central part of people's lives. Well, and if it's the single source of truth, that is what is so exciting. Because like, I mean, we, me and my girlfriend joke about like, I've now like started tasking her with putting things on my calendar and she's, and vice versa, she's tasked me with putting things on her calendar. So I'm like, at this point, like, if it's, if it ain't on there, like it ain't happening, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think that when you look at, especially with media as a media company, when you look at like how exciting it is, like, hey, new episode IT Visionaries is out and it pops onto your calendar for, you know, when you normally listen to the show on your ride home from work or whatever it is. There's just so many integrations that I think are really exciting. And then also the idea that like calendars are, like everyone sees the same thing, but the idea that 
for my calendar invite, it shows me all the stuff that I need for the interview. And for your, for the, you know, the candidate, it shows what they need to see for the interview. Exactly. But the fact, but you're not like, you know, sharing a Google doc with somebody that you're interviewing yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's, you've got the vision right there. I know. I'm, like I'm, some I'm, of the stuff we already have. So I'm, I'm here for it. So I'm, I'm definitely here for it. Uh, let's get into some Facebook stories. Uh, I want to hear the good stuff. So what was the questions that were asked when you're in your interview process or the weird ones? One of them, I was, I was already a CIO. I'd been a CIO for Kaylee Tinkor for almost seven years by the time Facebook interviewed me. And I remember I, I came in and I think it was my third or fourth interview was um, with one of the engineering managers in the company. And I sat down and he started asking me questions about technology. And, you know, at first I was like, these are like, this is cool. This is fun. I like to talk about technology. He's asking me how, you know, block compression works and, uh, you know, how databases are built and things like that. And these are problems that I hadn't thought of in years, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but I enjoyed the conversation. And then he's like, okay, so we're going to build a hypothetical application. We're going to go build a, a coupon application. And I want you to like describe the data structures that we need for this coupon application. I want you to give me the entity relationship diagram for this coupon application. I want you to write some SQL to help me understand how we're going to apply a coupon to any arbitrary skew in our catalog. And I had to write all that stuff. I had never been asked this stuff, you know, as a, since, you know, as, as an executive, um, but it was a lot of fun. I yeah. just, I relished in this and I'm not sure that my sequel was totally accurate, but it was close <laughs> enough. Um, I'm pretty sure that it was probably better than any other CIO that they had talked to uh, up to that point. And that's part of how I got the job. But that was one of the, the weird things. Another one was my my interview with Zuck. Um, that was uh, really interesting uh, for me. So I remember it was my first time meeting with him. As I said earlier, I had been studying Facebook at in business school mm -hmm. uh, in one of my entrepreneurship classes. And so to that point, Mark Zuckerberg was like, uh, you know, like a fictitious character in a case study. He wasn't a human. He wasn't a person. And so I was really curious, is this guy lucky or smart? And, you know, on Facebook at the time, like I said, it wasn't that big of a company and it wasn't, wasn't yet a tech behemoth. Um, and you, and you have the video of this, the one where he has the keg cup and he's like, I don't know if Facebook ever needs to get any bigger or whatever, right? <laughs> right. So you're also, I'm sure that that like, you know, that sort of stuff is informing your, your, you're going into this. Like what is. So, you know, the first five minutes of the conversation was me sort of getting over the fact that I was talking to Mark yeah. Zuckerberg. Um, one of the cool things about the conversation was, you know, he really made an effort to make me feel at ease. Right. You know, it's like, uh, I'm sure he gets that um, from time to time. And, and, he gave me the five minutes I needed to sort of get over myself. Um, and we then had a, a fairly real conversation about the company, about the culture. He asked me what, what I like about Facebook. And I told him that the thing that really blew me away was, was the culture of the company. And, you know, we had a little debate on the importance of culture. We had a little debate on uh, technology. And I, through this, it was like sparring, right? And what I got out of this was uh, he was lucky but also ridiculously smart. Mm -hmm. uh, I could tell that carried forward into all my subsequent interactions with him. Like I, one of the things that I saw about Zuck in that first interview and definitely experienced in, in uh, meetings that I have with him 
he's like a sponge for information. He wants to learn. He wants to understand. Um, and he wants to hear the things that may not be what are either comfortable to say or which are, you know, comfortable to, uh, for him to hear. Like he wants the tough stuff because that's where he sees the, the greatest insights and learnings are. And um, that was really endearing for me. I wanted to work in an organization that valued that and to see that he was that kind of person, despite the fact that this is the first time I'm ever gonna work for somebody who's younger than me. Yeah. That, that just sold me. Any, uh, any good Cheryl stories? Uh, yeah. Um, the time where I was most impressed with her uh, was after her husband um, died. So she took some time off uh, as she should have. Um, and then when she came back, um, I think it was like four or six weeks later, she was incredibly open about what she was going through. Yeah, she wrote, I mean, she wrote, the, she wrote a book, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. And I saw the beginnings of that. Um, and it was basically, she, she didn't want people to uh, sort of guess or to um, try to um, comfort her without knowledge of what was going on with totally. her. So it was easier for her to just be fully open and transparent. But it also fit into a general leadership theme that she had, which is that you know when leaders are open and vulnerable, they're more endearing, they're more, it's easier to follow them than if they put a persona up that they are these like, you know, perfect, infallible people. And um, she was anything but perfect in her own words uh, through this. You know, she would have moments where she would, you know, clearly be struggling emotionally, but she was real. I don't know what the right word is, but it was, it, it was inspiring. You know, it made you really want to work for her. And that was a really amazing uh, thing to, to see. Yeah. I, um, you know, you read like hard thing about hard things, the way that, that Ben Horowitz dealt with some of the things that, that he dealt with in, in his time, like as a CEO, as like dealing with a lot of stress and then like, you know, things happen in people's families. I was in the military, you know, obviously it's something where there's really bad stuff, catastrophic stuff happens to people's families. And it's, when you're a leader, like you don't, like you can't plan for that, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't plan for the exact event that happens, but what you can do is like prepare yourself and be empathetic that when things like that happen, you have to approach things in the right way. And when it's you, it's, there's nothing, you, like there's no way that you could have ever dealt with that. And like, yeah. that's the thing that's like, so, I mean, that story is insane. And just to be able to have that type of command over yourself is just, it's freaking impossible. And like, I, I agree. I, it's just so inspiring to think about like, similar but different, but we had uh, Marissa Meyer in here on the podcast and it was another thing where like, these people are celebrities, like they're literal celebrities, like talking so all the, uh, Cheryl and Marissa and all these people are celebrities and like they're under massive amounts of scrutiny all the time. And it's like the human side of the things of like, you know, all the people that we have on the show, extremely brilliant people are people at the end of the day that are trying to figure out the best way to do things. And I just, I think that there's so much like gotcha nature of, of we want to write, you know, the stupid article blog post that, you know, tears down somebody for how 
they dealt with something in their life and it's like have some freaking compassion like, yeah i mean I, I, i'll give you a couple fun stories about the two of them um that go to humility um which is not characteristics that are are, are given at least in public forums to, to zuck and cheryl but um you know zuck used to live uh when we worked in palo alto and the campus was in palo alto he used to live across the street from the 1601 california uh, office and uh, even back then, people would come to Facebook as tourists to go take their picture in front of the Facebook sign, which was tiny at the time. <laughs> That's funny. And I see it every day on my way to work, by the way. Every single day I see well, people now, yeah, on, on one hacker way, this, right? This huge thing, which uh, they've created a parking lot nearby so yeah. that you can park there to go then yep. walk over and take your picture. But it, you know, back when we were in on California Avenue, it was not nearly as exciting. Um, and you know, it would not be uncommon for Zuck to walk out and people would be taking their picture in front of the sign and they would come up to him and they'd say, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Would you take a picture of us? <laughs> okay. And they would not know who the hell they just asked to take a picture of them That's in front great. of the Facebook site. And he would be like, sure, fine, no problem. Yeah. You know, with Cheryl, I, um, I'm on the board for this organization called Europe. Um, Y-E-A-R-U-P. I know Europe. Awesome, fantastic organization. Yeah, really cool. And um, in our second class of interns, there was a guy um, that was just doing a fantastic job as, as an intern. And he was really inspiring to me. And I felt like I wanted to give back to him what he was doing for me. He was helping to validate for me that this kind of organization can produce an exceptional set of talent. Yeah. And I wanted to give to him both a thank you for his internship, but also, hey, you know, you've, you've got you're going to make it in this world. You've, you've got an opportunity. So I arranged for, I called up Cheryl and said, Hey, would you mind meeting with, with this person? And she uh, made time in her schedule um, to meet him on his last day as an intern. And uh, we took a picture. She had a little bit of conversation with him. Uh, this gentleman's name is Jay Hammonds. And if you Google him, you'll see that he was awarded last year, the Forbes, one of top 30 under 30 uh, individuals. He subsequently got a job at Facebook, became part of the help desk, and then the uh, VIP support team supporting Mark and Cheryl became Cheryl's personal uh, IT liaison. Um, so spent a lot of time uh, with her. And um, you know, in that role, he's been able to be a beacon of hope and inspiration for other Europe students that, you know, this is real, this is possible, this can happen. I mean, this is a guy who was like one step away from a very destructive life. And through this program, through this internship, through his own hard work and um, dedication, and through support from people like Cheryl has become a just a phenomenal story, success story. And um, she gave him that time and uh, she didn't have to do it. You know, she very easily could have said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. This is not important to me. But she was always available for stuff like that. And it didn't matter, you know, what the I didn't have to tell her that they this is this is going to be some press opportunity for you, and it wasn't right. This yeah. was just about Jay and what was right for Jay, but she made the time for him. Stuff like that is so cool, and I've been to. I think I was at the Year Up one of the events or something like that, and you hear stories, especially of folks. You know, I, I grew up in Oakland. A lot of people that I grew up with, um, you know, it's like you think that you're in in the center of like technology, like around all this stuff, but I, I always tell people like I never went to Silicon Valley. First of all, I never called it that, and like mm -hmm. I never went. Like I went to one Cal Stanford game at Stanford. Like that was it. Like mm -hmm. I never came down here. Um, like that's I stayed in the East Bay, and and I think a lot of people, 
just need someone to believe in them and to tell them that they can, you know, do this thing and to get it supercharged. And it's just so cool that organizations like that have the ability to connect the dots on those things. That's how I got my start. I don't know, not from Europe, but I had somebody who believed in me and somebody who helped put a idea in my mind that I could accomplish more than what I was thinking I wanted to accomplish in my career. My, my first uh, mentor when I you know, it's like um, you graduated think that you're from in- Cal to work at Sybase, a guy by the name of Bruce Armstrong. Uh, and Sybase uh, gave, assigned Bruce as my mentor because he was one of the youngest VPs in the company. And he, they thought he would, you know, that I would resonate with him, that he would resonate with me. And, um, you know, he gave me this idea that like, not to like think, you know, uh, narrow or even myopically about my career to think big and constantly be looking for, you know, those opportunities to, to shine, to, to demonstrate capability and to, um, and to grow. And it, if it wasn't for him, I definitely wouldn't be, you know, where I am today. I mean, he's one of the people who's definitely had a huge impact on my, on my career. But then I think about, you know, I, I grew up a kid of a college professor, right? So, you know, I had a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Um, these kids at Europe, they didn't have that stuff. Totally. Yet, in many respects, I think they have better character than I did at the time, right? They are, um, they have humility, they have grit, they have, you know, a willingness to do whatever it takes in order to take care of others. Because uh, in many respects, they haven't had a choice in their lives. And uh, they're very inspirational when you get a chance to, to know these students. Um, I definitely think that, you know, if, if we can just inspire a few people in, in the world and they can inspire others, there's so many great things we can do. Any, uh, what was, was the, the worst of times at, at Facebook? Do you have any times where, uh, where you know, calendar went down or, uh, or, or any stuff where it was, yeah, I'll uh, give you, I'll give you headaches. two stories there. One, um, you know, there was one year that we were making some adjustments to data retention cycles and, um, something went wrong and we completely corrupted, um, Cheryl Sandberg's calendar. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> the good and the bad thing was this happened like two days before Christmas. So, um, the problem with corrupting her calendar is that she was the source of so many different meetings with different people that it wasn't just her calendar that was corrupted. It was like, you know, hundreds of other executives calendars who got, uh, uh, corrupted as well. And, uh, I was very grateful for my team because they worked nine days straight over the Christmas holiday to manually stitch everything back together to recover her thing so that when she, Everybody came back from Christmas break. Most people didn't know what happened, um, but it was just an absolute nightmare. And yet another example of how badly designed or how uh, the use of calendars has grown well beyond the initial design of those systems. Um, I think maybe the toughest time that I saw at Facebook was my last um, few months um, there. Uh, one, the company was starting to get really big. Yeah, that is really challenging to their culture. Uh, and that was creating some, not just friction, but uh, basically Facebook was 
forced to become a different organization than it ever wanted to be when it was smaller because of size. Yeah, totally. Because not everybody's going to know everybody else. And that happened right around the election. And uh, I think that was very much aggravate, aggravated some of the, the reaction to the election. Totally. Um, because all of a sudden you had a large number of people who had a very a strong emotional um, reaction to what happened, to be quite frank, on both sides, uh, right? You, know, you had some people who were like Trump supporters at Facebook who felt like they were being targeted and, and you know, uh, talked down to and... Mm-hmm. Things like that, and on the other side, you had other people who were really upset about, um, you know, the fact that that Trump won, and maybe well, Facebook politics. had an impact on it, and so it just all this then blew up into conversation that was occurring within the company at a time when the company hadn't quite figured out how to deal with its scale, and I thought that was a really really challenging time, and um, I uh it made it easy to leave (laughs) it was the right time for me to go off and and do my startup um you know not that i wouldn't have been willing to take on those kinds of challenges but uh it was uh it was interesting to see that the company had basically crossed a threshold uh, where it was going to have to start behaving differently well and and i wanted to ask you something about about woven specific to that you built in stealth for a while why did you decide to do that uh, well, we in part had no choice. <laughs> Calendars are not easy things to build. There is a huge amount of technology that goes into calendars that we take for granted. Um, time is, is relative. It's not absolute. I mean, there is absolute time, but most of us <laughs> operate in relative time, which means that three o'clock here is not the same as three o'clock in New York, which is not the same as three o'clock in Arizona, despite the fact that we are in the same time zone as Arizona. Uh, all this is because of things like daylight savings yeah. and uh, time zone issues. And that really aggravates when you're trying to introduce intelligence, you have to be able to deal with all these different mappings, uh, even the language around time. Uh, you know, humans speak in relative terms, like let's get together, you know, after dinner tonight. Uh, there is so many different relative statements in that, you know, after dinner, you know, there's a dinner is not at two o'clock in the afternoon. We know that, but does the machine know that, you know, is it two o'clock? Is it six o'clock? Is it seven o'clock? Um, tonight is relative to today. And so when you're dealing with anything around natural language processing um, for time, it is, you have to really understand and, and deal with all these things. And then the APIs and the, the systems that we're interfacing with are, as I mentioned before, these are really old designs and architecture. So we needed to spend a lot of time just getting the infrastructure right, getting the foundation right, and didn't want to do that in uh, an environment where we were telling everybody exactly what we were doing. So, so that was the predominant reason why uh, why we did that. We also, um, you know, as every startup has, you, know, you start with some ideas about you know how you're going to take over the universe, and some of those ideas are wrong, and so you. When you're not public, it is a lot easier to make adjustments to those things than if you've gone out and you've written a bunch of blog posts and you've talked to the press and you've said, this is who we are going to be. Oh, now I'm changing my mind. Uh, X.AI, I think, has faced some of these challenges. Totally. Um, and that's been really, really difficult for them. So I think it's actually a good pact, uh, tact for startups to uh, to think this way. And uh, it, I'm, I'm, I'm actually um, glad that we we made that choice. Any uh, any fun uh, fun new features uh, before we get out of here? 
Well, there's a couple things we just launched, so um, they will be fresh you know, when, assuming this comes out in, in the next in couple course. Weeks. In due yeah. course. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about uh, some of the new text messaging interfaces that mm-hmm. we've built. Um, you know, one of the, the truisms is that email is no longer the predominant medium for communication. Uh, you know, you look at particularly millennials, my kids, you know, they want to, they don't even like email. Uh, they don't want to use email if they can avoid it. But, you know, even for some of us older folks, you know, email is just one of many. We use Slack, we use Facebook, we use text messaging, we use all these different technologies. And calendars are not designed to, you can't, how do you schedule a meeting without knowing the email address of somebody else? Yep. And uh, so we have uh, just rolled out a new uh, integration with iMessage that um, enables uh, text-based calendaring, um, which we're super excited about and is uh, going fantastically well. We've also, you know, a big part of countering is planning, understanding how you're spending your time. And um, we've built some new analytics into our month view, which give you uh, just quick, super uh, easy to digest way of, of understanding how you're spending your time over a, a large swath of time. Um, and uh, so both of those things uh, just launched in, in the last uh, few days. Got some more stuff coming up that um, we're really excited about uh, with uh, some new simplified UX uh, for the product. And then, you know, where we're going next is deeper and broader integrations, you know, making Google Hangouts a, uh, you know, a, a more integral part of the product than getting onto Zoom, making Slack, the Slack mm-hmm. integration. Where we're ultimately going to be uh, towards the end of the summer is not just about being a calendar with some amazing scheduling technology, but we will f- take full advantage of the collaborative capabilities that we built for scheduling to enable collaboration around the content and the purpose of meetings. And uh, that's when I think people are going to start seeing the real long-term vision that uh, of where we're going with Woven. Next time, I, I we got to get some stories around, uh, around some of the integrations from the acquisitions, the M&A stuff, because uh, we've We've had a few CIO uh, stories about M and A's that um, Instagram was fun. WhatsApp was crazy. Like that was. I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of good stories on the WhatsApp acquisition. Yeah, we'll do that next time because we got to have you back. Um, let's uh, let's get into the lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like the lightning platform from Salesforce. You can go to Salesforce.com/slash/build-mobile-apps to learn more about building apps on the lighting platform. Fast and easy questions. Tim, are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, what app are you using on your phone that's the most fun? Ooh. Can I look? Sure. All right. Uh, well, obviously, Woven is number one. But uh, what I'm really enjoying right now is my new... Uh, I have a Withings uh, watch. Hmm. Uh, I'm big into time, right? So yeah, no kidding. Right. Things helps me understand how well I sleep, which is a big thing that I care about. And I love the app; it keeps track of um, everything that I'm doing, from walking to running and swimming and all that. And so that's one of my my favorites that are uh, that are on there right now. Hey, a guy I know that was really into time got sent to a desert, or got his uh, plane crash was on a desert island for a long time. Uh, I think that's the plot of Castaway, but uh, <laughs> you know, never know. Um, make sure you bring a volleyball. What is your favorite vacation spot? Kauai. 
we get this all the time. This is like the fifth time. I just got back from Kauai, well, like six months ago, but uh, what a great place. Yeah, Kauai, fantastic. My um, father-in-law, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. He, he owns a house there um, and it's in Hyena, which is not too far from the end of the road for those who know Kauai. Yeah. Um, but it is the most beautiful of the Hawaiian islands. There's so much to do there if you like the outdoors, hiking, sea kayaking down the Nepali coast, uh, Kalalau Trail, like Waimea Canyon, all that stuff. Um, Hanalei is gorgeous, you know, artist village. Uh, the people there are just fantastic. And it rains a lot, which scares away, you know, the dainty. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. And uh, so I, I love Kauai. I really miss it favorite recent book or podcast that you've read or listened to um you know it's, it's a little bit of an older book but i'm going through sapiens right now mm -hmm. which i find fascinating um i mean i'm very much a study of history and uh it's really interesting to see particularly how humans humans differed or homo sapiens differed from other uh species of of human beings back at the time so that, that's an interesting one Favorite chatbot that you've seen? Uh, Bowie Health. Mm. Yeah, for the hypochondriac, Bowie Health is uh, really, really good. Do you have a technology you're most excited about going forward? 5G. How about your best advice for first-time CIO? Oh, uh, that's easy. Go figure out what your role is. Understand and make sure that you don't ask your employees what your role is. You don't ask your customers what the, your role is. You go and ask the CEO what your role is. What question do you never get asked that I did not ask you today that you wish you were asked more often? How the hell did you end up marrying your high school sweetheart? How did you? Uh, you know, she, I met my wife as a junior in high school at Berkeley High School. And uh, we've been together ever since. We have learned the, both the challenge and how to overcome the challenge of the long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, absolutely for my relationship with my wife and my family, this has been, you know, one of the night and day things for me. This has definitely made my life more fulfilling, but it's also helped my relationships professionally. Like the things that I've learned in, connecting with my wife have been things that I can use even in professional relationships. I totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Long-term communication or uh, long distance, critical to business, critical uh, to life. Yeah. Yeah. Happy life. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, indeed. Well, everyone should check out uh, Woven. You can go to woven.com. Uh, anything else to plug? Anything else you got going on? Uh, we have, we are, you know, we, we release the product twice a week. And we are constantly, you know, expanding the the functional set of the product. We talk a lot about what's going on at blog.woven.com. So that's probably oh, the yeah. best way to get insight on, on what we're doing. And yeah, we've got a few fun secret things that are coming out <laughs> over the next couple of months. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, hopefully we get uh, some people to check it out. Yeah. And uh, you can find Tim on the Twitters at T Campos. So. That's it. That's all we got. All right. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you again to our friends at Salesforce. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Lightning Platform by Salesforce. 
Salesforce just introduced the Lightning Platform Mobile, the low-code mobile app development platform that empowers anyone to easily build, publish, and manage AI-powered mobile apps for employees and for customers. Find out more at salesforce.com slash build mobile apps.